everyone, and welcome back to Rule of Two Podcast. I am your host, Clarissa. And I'm Chris. In less than a week after we got episode one and two of Kenobi, we are now on to part three. And what an amazing episode it was. I mean, anybody who saw it will tell you that they were just shocked by the ending of that episode. And it wasn't even a finale. It was just something we've been waiting for for a long time that finally happened. And yes, so in this episode, we leave off where we did from episode two, and we see Leia and Kenobi on this transport on this trade route, and it picks off right where they left off again, continuing to flee from Reba. Yeah, you could see the shock and the kind of Obi-Wan trying to process that Anakin's still alive. He's He's still trying to reach out to Qui-Gon, too. He's trying to get to him, ask for advice, ask for some help. And I, I feel like this episode is, every every series has a turning point episode, you know what I mean? So I feel like, I guess halfway through now, this is the turning point. And huge episode, in my opinion. And I, I'm pretty confident that we're going to get some Qui-Gon. I, I, feel, I feel like we would. I think so, from the constant calling for his old master in uh, the first two episodes and now in this one as well, eventually it's going to happen. I want to just jump right into Obi-Wan's character again, his development, um, seeing him meditating and calling for his old master, whether it be any guidance or clearance or advice that he can get from Qui-Gon or even Yoda. I mean, I just love that he still has these elements of being a Jedi that Maybe he doesn't feel he uses on, on a daily basis anymore, but he definitely feels like he needs. And the Obi-Wan we're seeing right now is very lost and very afraid, which is also a, something we have not seen in Obi-Wan before, like him giving into his fear or even having fear. Um, I see that in this Obi-Wan. It's a different, de- definitely a different state of mind than we've ever seen him in. Yeah, definitely. Even in the first episode where... We might think that he's kind of cut off from the force or whatever. You still see him in the cave and he's still trying to reach out and just just ask for help. And you're, you're right, this this character development and this new persona of Obi-Wan is very interesting to see. And you definitely do see that in this episode alone. But then we see also with character development, we see a different kind of more stripped down Vader. You know, we see him get out of the tank and the suit being assembled to him, you know, his, his legs and his arms being attached and his, his breathing operating system and everything and the helmet coming on. We see him more stripped down, hating Christensen and all of the, the makeup. It looks, it looks amazing, but it's, it's, very, it's very nice to see this side of Vader where we haven't really seen this kind of system of Vader where his suit is being assembled. You see it in, I believe, it, Empire where he's in the meditation chamber and you saw the back of his head and everything, but that, that's really the extent of it. So it's it's awesome. Right off the bat, they're showing something like that. I didn't even realize that. I mean, I, I did. It's very intense, but I think just seeing him on screen, um, Anakin, is really exciting. And I never really thought, oh, yeah, we're getting even more detail than we'd seen before um, when he's first put together in Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. But this is uh, along the road now where he's been doing this on a daily basis and yeah. it's just part of his routine in the morning. It's like getting dressed, yeah. Getting <laughs> assembled. Really, it's pretty wild, so pretty cool to see and it's a lot of detail that maybe not everybody thinks of. 
um, but the showrunner definitely do. Definitely, and I've seen like, I've seen like fan videos and which are awesome and they come out pretty well, but of just kind of that side of Vader or like a, like a broken battle-worn suit Vader where you see like half, you know, like in Rebels where half of the helmet's off and stuff. So to see that in like an official Star Wars canon series is, it's, it's awesome. It's rewarding. It's just getting me more excited for the rest of the series. And not only that, but we see, we see Vader's castle in his throne room on Mustafar. Which, which is, is awesome oh my god yeah you see it in uh rogue, rogue one. one but oof it's it's <laughs> it's beautiful and mustafar is such an interesting planet and it's interesting for him to have a castle there where he did get burnt I and almost the, died but. i love the discourse on that everybody just says how dramatic and anakin always is but uh, how yeah. dramatic of him to build his castle and have and just sit on the throne on the planet where he really turned into what he is now i mean yeah he's really embodying it he lost who he used to be there he lost obi-wan he's losing padme he lost his limbs and to just <laughs> his like brother you know yeah, build just, his castle on top yep. of where all that happened is just so dramatic but leave it to him Tip, yeah typical anakin <laughs> but we're seeing more details about kind of like backstory just how he lives and everything and that's why I like these series, even if they might be a little not needed, like you might not need this story, but you don't know, we got to see it play out. But that's why I enjoy it because we're getting these details. You're like, oh, I wonder how he lives and the time between Revenge of the Sith and The New Hope. Uh, I, like, I like to see the little stuff too. That's, that's what's most rewarding for me. One thing of details uh, in that same sequence after we see him being put together we see him speaking to Reba and we get a little bit more information about why she's doing this and he has sent her personally on this mission like actually yeah. had her um front this like hunt for Obi-Wan mm -hmm. and uh, although we're still we still not found out why it's so personal to her uh, we get a little snippet of her later on seeing that like Jedi Order symbol and it's bringing back all the memories and we're going to learn a lot more about that eventually but we know that she if she does this she becomes the Grand Inquisitor which who knows Vader could be thrown out all exactly. these things and just promises yeah. just to get her to go and find him for him. But right it's been done before too. It's a little bit of a driving factor for her definitely. Exactly. And, you know, a lot of people complained about that. Like, why is she so hell-bent on getting Kenobi? And that's where her focus is. But it shows, like, it shows why. And that exactly answers people's questions. I wanted to talk about Obi-Wan's description of the Force that he yes. gives to Leia. This kind oh of not, God. like, following scene. Um, you know, when reading the High Republic books, for anybody who had read them, they give... A great description in there too and the feeling that that the Jedi get when they use the force and like when they actually connect to it but it's so nice every time we get a, some kind of description of it it's really something that I like to focus on in the fandom just the backstory and the lore and the feel of the force it just it is something that just it it looms over the Star Wars story, but and, and it obviously is a it plays a big part in the movies and in all the stories we get to see, but it's not always like the main focus. It's just something used by the Jedi, you know? Right. So to hear him describe, at least to a child, 
what it feels like to use the force was really was really awesome. Uh, it's the feeling of when you're scared of the dark, turning on the light. That feeling you get when you turn on the light is is how the force feels and feels. And I know I saw a lot of people talking about that as well on social media. They really like that description. Yeah, I did too. I mean, you're right. Like, I, I like the explanation. I thought that was a perfect explanation and way to go about it. And the way he kind of said it, it was it was almost comforting too. You know, definitely. Yeah. Versus, versus his description to Luke in New Hope that's almost scientific. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like a science that just surrounds us and it's this energy field and right. brings, brings us all together. Well, she, she's also a little technical. Yeah, yeah so. so. But um, going from how the force works and... Leia and Obi-Wan continue to have this great dynamic. He um, snaps at her here and then, but it's just him being... Uh, cautious and whatnot, but yeah. she just bring continues to bring this like soft side out of him that he knows is still there. Maybe he doesn't want to be there because he has to be uh, like a little cynical to protect himself and, and now to protect her. But when they talk about family and and uh, how he sees her mother's face in her, and she realizes, oh, like you you knew my yeah. mother, didn't you? He seems to reference Padme to her like. Not, maybe not meaning to, like, even in the last episode, you remind me of somebody, but he seems to reference Padme, and she's starting to catch on, like, did you, you knew my mother and stuff, and he's trying to play it off, like, no, like, I, I don't, but it's just the story and everything like that, but he definitely sees Padme in her face, and he carries that, that it's his fault, and he carries that guilt, and it, once they do talk about family, it is nice to see a little backstory about Kenobi, about when he was a kid being taken by the Jedi. Well, not taken, mm -hmm. taken, but, you know, brought in by the Jedi. And he doesn't really remember his family. And he's like, I think I had a little brother, well, brother, because he remembers a baby. So that's that's very cool backstory that they brought into it. Yeah, even, go, even reading books or... Um... Know, comics of younger Obi-Wan like prior to Phantom Menace we don't even get a lot I don't remember reading a lot of that in uh, Master and the Apprentice when he's with Qui-Gon and those are just like kind of the early days of, of training together but he never really talks in even in the book about when he was when he left his family as a young kid um, the memory he has of her and she Leia like likes to imagine what her father would be like or would have been like. And I think that really plays into the question a lot of us had of what Leia could have remembered of her mother because she died during childbirth. So whether Leia in the original series references her mother on Alderaan or her actual mother because she couldn't have remembered her, but maybe it's just Leia, you know, kids have wild imagination and could have remembered things that maybe didn't happen. And I think that's the case with Leia. She likes to just imagine how her parents were like in what they might have looked like. I agree. Also going with like the Jedi and just how how they are like brought in as kids, I always wondered like is it they feel like it's their duty to since they are force sensitive is it's their duty to become a Jedi or if they have any regret or anything like that like are they too young to be making this decision to not see their family anymore. So I, I always think about that and I always wonder if that kind of weighs heavy on them, but he, he was talking about how becoming a Jedi, he makes new family like she has and everything. So it, it is interesting. I feel like 
different Jedi may have like different experiences or maybe regret with it. Like where they where they could have come from, you know, maybe it was better off. Exactly. To become Jedi. Anakin's case, he was he was a slave in poverty and everything. So obviously, leaving his mom behind that wasn't ideal. But he was the chosen one. Yeah, he, he was to. the chosen one. Yes, exactly. But you know, it's it's they brought him out of that that lifestyle. So poor Obi Wan. Oh my god, he's been through it. <laughs> he's still going through it. <laughs> As you can see in this episode, he still goes through it. And I I found it funny too when um they go into this this like uh caravan and they meet the new the new character, uh Freck, who's played by Zach Braff, and he's a total like Empire fanboy, you know, he <laughs> loves the Empire and they gotta pretend that, yeah, we, we love the Empire too and stuff. But they're playing off as farmers from Tall and they pick up these stormtroopers and they're like kind of like interrogating them and everything. And uh, all we're like looking for a Jedi. And he's just like, oh, you know, I'm not a Jedi. But, and he puts his hood on as if like trying not to look like a Jedi. And he puts his hood on to look even more like a Jedi. So I find that very funny too. Everywhere he goes, he just looks like a Jedi. Like obviously it's Obi-Wan Kenobi, but still, he just looks like a Jedi. You'd just be able to tell. If for those who watched any kind of coverage at Star Wars Celebration, you might have caught that Sam Whitworth talks about an Easter egg that he likes to throw in and that there that has been a running joke in the Star Wars films. The T-15 uh, to T-16 discussion between stormtroopers that we again see in Rogue One. No, not Rogue One. We saw it in Solo. We heard it in Solo and he revealed at Star Wars Celebration that we're going to also get that same T-16 uh, banter as an Easter egg in Kenobi. And we saw in this episode after the stormtroopers had hopped off the truck, they had mentioned the T-16 model, which was really funny. I think that's a really fun Easter egg for any, any Star Wars fans out there. Yeah, I'm glad he said that too, because honestly, watching all of these movies and series, I probably never would notice that or really pick up on that. But it's a nice little nerdy Easter egg that they put into that. And of course, that came from Stan Woodward. Stan Woodward. Quite the Star Wars nerd. Another thing I find funny is how in the last episodes, when we covered them, we talked about, well, at least I mentioned, that I can't imagine how dark they would get. Like, I'm sure to an extent these episodes would, because Vader is um, pretty much at his prime, or at least getting there. I didn't know how dark they could get because it's a kid show. It's a family show. Yeah. And we saw a stormtrooper get sliced in half by the freaking laser gate thing. I was I was completely wrong. I literally said the last episode that oh, it can't be too dark. It's Disney. Like, come on. But that was we've seen people get uh cut in half before or whatever, but I guess you see it with Darth Maul, but this is like oh legit, like zing. It was, was pretty graphic. And then Vader snapping necks and dragging people. Like, I was like, wow, okay, I'm down for it. But when it comes to Star Wars, I was like, this is pretty graphic. Yeah, especially with Vader, I feel like they kind of need that just to show how powerful and he's not going to let anybody get in his way of his mission and stuff. So I think that aspect's needed. I didn't I didn't expect it with a poor Stormtrooper. Me feeling bad for a Stormtrooper, <laughs> I was just like, wow. During that scene, too, I was like, hoping that Kenobi would use his lightsaber you know he finally digs him up and he hasn't used it since so I just I just wanted him to see, like use the lightsaber that's what I wanted to see but he still uses the blaster he's uncivilized now you know he's been away and in, in hiding for all these years but we get to meet 
we get to meet Tala in this uh, episode as well, and we've all kind of been waiting around for this actress, not sure who she was going to play. I know we mentioned that we were thinking she'd play Satine and maybe flashbacks, but yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, she gets to play a rebel spy, which is awesome. Very cool. But she up and joined the Empire in the early days, and it was just too late to kind of just back down, but now she gets to help Jedis and people like kind of uh, get from place to place safely, which is pretty awesome. That's another part of the story that I found very interesting, because when she takes them to like this safe room almost, you see all the engravings and stuff on the wall. And Obi-Wan, and she's saying, like, you're not the only Jedi that passed by here. And then um, Obi-Wan's reading them all, and he's like, Quinlan's been here. And Quinlan, of course, from Clone Wars and books and everything. So they have a past. And it's just more storytelling and more detail. Like, possibly, could we get, could we see him? Maybe, maybe Quinlan is in Jabin, the planet that they smuggle these people into? Very, very interesting detail there. I have never heard of anything um, about about the path, as what she refers it to is safe houses all all around the galaxy, and it's referred to as the path, and then it gets them to Jabin, as you mentioned, and it helps all these um, Force-sensitive people, like old Jedi, I mean, mm-hmm. just people escaping the Empire, and... I was like, wow, I mean, that's something I would hear about in a book, honestly. That's something I would read about. That's not that's not so much of a not so much of a thing you come across in movies because that's something I would like to veer off and learn more about. I'm like, oh my gosh, exactly. that sounds so cool. And um, the quote he reads that Quinlan had left on there was really cool. It's like once the eyes are closed, you can truly see. I was like, the way, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so powerful. Yeah, and Leia's like, like see what? <laughs> see what? The way. Um, which is not to be mistaken for this is the way, but yeah. <laughs> uh, the way of the light, you know, maybe it's right. just going to the light. It's the force, it's hope, it's future. Mm-hmm. It could be any of those things. It's just when your eyes are closed, you can really see it. And, you know, whether it's a Jedi meditating or it's just closing your eyes and really like hoping and hoping for safe passage and for a safe and better future. It's just, uh, I, I just love that kind of stuff. I, I do too. And honestly, I think that scene was probably one of the most important scenes in the series. I feel like once Obi-Wan realized that these people are doing that and helping when he feels all hope is lost and he's made mistakes and he's seeing all of this, I feel like it's a kind of a shift in his character where he started off, he was almost cut off from the Force. He wanted no part of it. He didn't want to help uh, the Jedi in the first episode. He didn't want any part of it. But I feel like seeing this kind of, you're going to start to see a shift in him where he does care and he does want to help out. So yeah. I, I feel like it's a crucial scene for Obi-Wan. Absolutely. He's just been in hiding and away from everyone and turning people away and not helping because that's just... He just feels hope is lost and the light in the galaxy is gone and he's just become very cynical for his own safety and for Luke's as well on Tatooine. But at, you're right, it's it's a huge shift. It's a realization for him to see there are people out there still fighting the good fight. There's still those willing to help others and and fight for something like greater than themselves and fight against the Empire. And, you know, he obviously has not seen Ahsoka either, but Ahsoka is out there, you know, she's an informant for rebels, for rebel spies and all that. She's still out there fighting the good fight and not going into hiding and 
you know, unfortunately, he's been through some of the worst times for a character in Star Wars, and he's let it get to him. It's yeah. let, he's let it let him get him down. He's let it get him down. But you're right. I think I think big time. This is going to be a shift for him, and it's yeah. going to change how he sees the galaxy, and maybe he's going to want to help, and maybe he'll become less cynical, and he'll eventually turn into the Obi Wan we see in New Hope, where he's willing to help Luke and uh, teach him about the Force and tell him to leave with him to go to Alderaan and to, to help somebody else rather than himself and to just stay on Tatooine and listen to his uncle. Yeah, we, we talked about that too after watching this episode. We were kind of talking about how this shifts into A New Hope and you were saying how, well, he's so cut off and everything that he's been through, why is he so like, you were saying like he's like kind of nonchalant with Luke talking about the Force and everything and why is he why does he want to help him now all of a sudden? And I feel like that's the point where he does shift and he does want to continue the legacy of the Jedi. And he realizes that all hope isn't lost and there, there's still some hope. So I feel like this is tying in well with a new hope. I know a lot of people are questioning and complaining about it, but they're, I feel like they're nitpicking every detail a little too much, which makes sense, but I don't see, so far watching it, I don't see really any conflict with how this ties in with the original trilogy. And, you know, I was having some reservations about the series alone. Not You know, I'm not trying to be negative about it at all. I'm very excited for any kind of Star Wars content we get, but I was just, I'm all for continuity the same way everybody else is, so I just wondered, like, if, Obi-Wan and, and Vader's meeting now changes the meaning of them meeting in New Hope for the first time in in what was years for them. But I just what, had some reservations about how this is all going to play in. Is it going to change the feeling and meaning of the scenes we got on in New Hope? And re-watching some key episodes in New Hope, um, there was nothing too big, nothing, no dialogue too big that changed that could possibly change and Leia referring to Obi-Wan Kenobi and then also knowing the name Ben Kenobi kind of uh, is backed by the series but feeling that like Leia had was acting in New Hope as if she'd never met Obi-Wan Kenobi before which she had and she hasn't because of the series so I just had a lot of like hmm ideas of how this is even going to make sense but so far it has so I'm, I'm glad because I was really thinking a lot about it. Yeah I mean the two characters don't really cross paths in A New Hope because he's not part of that rescue mission the only time that they see each other is in the holograph and all she says is you served my father in the Clone Wars now he needs your help so I don't think it's really her introducing herself to him it's just more of you helped him back then like he needs your help now you know what I mean so I feel like it's not too much of a conflict I don't no. plus, plus she's 10 also so yeah I should have been like Obi-Wan Kenobi you saved my life yeah. as a child <laughs> and when Vader and Kenobi when they met um he said I was a learner now I'm the master but I, I feel yes I feel like it's him learning to adapt to this new dark side of the force and also his, what he's been through and this new suit that he has and everything like that. And he's just learning to live with that and become powerful in that way. And now he's mastered that. So I don't feel like it's him like, Oh, you knew me when I was your Padawan. 
now I'm the master, like when you used to be the master, I feel like it's just him learning this new lifestyle. And also he said, you shouldn't have come back, but like, come back to what? Like, what do you mean? Like, where do you mean? Where was Obi-Wan? Where did they see each other before? So yeah, so far I don't, I don't really see any conflict of interest with the, with the original trilogy. So that's, that's good for me. And Deborah Chow talked about that too. She said, um, you know, working Mandalorian, it's, it's nice because you have more range because you're working on new characters. So you don't, you're making their story, but working with Obi-Wan, it's a lot more difficult because you have this strict story that you've gotten and you have to follow it where it's not going to conflict or not make any sense. So I think so far she's doing a great job. But going back to the scene where they are trying to smuggle Leia out of there, all of a sudden he senses Anakin. He senses Anakin coming. And I feel like that's the first, well, I guess now the second time that he's felt Anakin in a very long time. You know, second time being the past episode when he finds out he's alive, but now he senses him because he's close by. And that was, that scene was very scary. You know, Vader comes and he's coming through this village. He, like he said, he's snapping necks. He's choking people out and he's just going through this village and Obi-Wan's hiding and he's looking for him. Yeah, literally, that's what I was thinking. It's like a horror, like suspense movie. And then he like turns his head because like he senses him and stuff. And it's very scary. And you could kind of put yourself in Obi-Wan's position where his heart is beating fast. And this is, you know, the a different side of Obi-Wan where he's not confident he's afraid and now he's seeing his brother that he hasn't seen in 10 years and the emotions and what he's going through in his head must have been wild in that moment and I felt like they did a great job capturing that the, the sense and the feeling he must have had of someone so powerful and it, that someone being somebody he used to be so close with I, I can't imagine the emotion and the feeling and the sense through the forest that just overtook him that it was almost paralyzing him and just watch him from afar. Like, look how powerful this man has become. Somebody I used to just spend every moment with is now like just this monster. Yeah. And also when they were doing the scenes, I, it was just such a, like a perfect touch that it happens to be at night where it's dark and he's even more scary and he seems more powerful and once Vader starts to chase Kenobi, uh, you see this great shot of Obi-Wan in the distance and he's looking around to see where he is. And then, and then you see Vader's back and his hand and his lightsaber ignites. It's, oh, it's such, such a cool shot. Obi-Wan's on the run. I mean, he's not wanting yeah, he, to he face Yeah, he doesn't want to fight. Yeah. <laughs> he's not want to face him. And he's not running out of, I think, fearfulness, but running out of just like, you know what? The, the plan is get out of here. Not the plan is not to fight this powerful monster guy that like I used to know. No, he's like that's not his idea. And of course, Vader catches up to him, and they end up fighting. And um, you can see Vader using one hand. Oh yeah, with just this, with overpowering, overpowering him, telling him how it, the years have made it made him weak. And mm -hmm. it's true. I mean, he's Obi Wan's rusty. He doesn't use a force, let alone use a lightsaber. So. Uh, poor Obi-Wan did not want to fight him and stand and not stand up to him. I don't think he's that fearful that he's uh, not wanting to like take a stand against him, but it's just not what he was planning on doing that day. No, not at all. But you know what? A part of me thinks that he might be afraid to face him and he might be afraid to confront him after all these years, you know, especially thinking that he's dead and especially the last time that they saw each other. So there might be 
that side to him that is afraid. How, how powerful of him to say to say to him um, after Obi Wan asked him, "What if he? What does he become? Innovator? Say I am what you made me." Oh my God! That is just a shot to the heart. Absolutely, like literally. Poor Obi Wan. He did not do this to you. He defended himself. Sure, like at, like physically did this to you, but it was just you. It's just Anakin being selfish, wanting to overpower him, and and he's just fueled by anger, and that he did this to himself. Yeah, and as if Obi-Wan needed it, but it seems like every episode, like, somebody's taking a shot at him, you know, like, Owen's just, just like, oh, like, I trained his father, or, like, uh, Leia's just, like, more like my grandfather, you know, just everyone's taking <laughs> yeah. shots at him, he's just like, dude, I've been through enough, like, yeah, come on. Yeah, told Dale, like, literally, you find someone else, like, I can't. Yeah, myself. like, what, dude, Leave me alone. I've been there enough already. I and he know has. what you made me. Like, wow, that is just... Oof. And to add insult to injury, he force chokes him and then ignites the floor on fire and then just drags him through the fire. And that's another kind of dark thing that I didn't expect to see from a Disney Plus series, but super dark and, like, twisted. And he's just like, now you'll suffer like I did. Oh, my God. Like... I didn't expect Obi-Wan to go through that much this early on in the series. Anakin with even more dramatic antics. Yeah. He didn't want to kill him right then and there. He wants Obi-Wan to feel the pain and suffering that he felt. Yeah, and more being Anakin dramatic, once um, once Obi-Wan does get away, he clearly, Obi-Wan, I mean, uh, Vader clearly could have went after him and caught him you know what i mean but yeah. he's just standing watching like on the other side of the flames and he just like does that dramatic turnaround or whatever but he clearly could have got him but i feel like he's just prolonging it and waiting and trying to make him think more and trying to have him suffer more and anakin being dramatic like oh he's been hunting him for 10 years with no sign of obi-wan and now with this uh plan from reba that finally drew him out of the desert Mm -hmm. Obi, I mean, Vader wants him to slowly suffer, and he said, this is just the beginning of your suffering. Yep. And now that he's pretty much drawn him out on this mission with Leia, that, oh, that Vader thinks, okay, I've got him on the run now. Um, you know, your time will come. Well, your suffering will yep. continue. I'm going to get you again, kind of thing. So Vader is, is enjoying this hunt, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it also makes me wonder how like Reva, how her power shifting is going to happen with the other Inquisitors. Because I feel like, well, they found Obi-Wan, like she she did what Vader wanted. So maybe she'll be even more powerful and more in charge of the Inquisitors and stuff. Like, look what I did. I yeah, exactly. Yeah, and she'll get more responsibility. Oh, well, I guess since he got away, he'll probably be like, like find him again or something. Well, but she did. She has Leia. She has Leia, exactly. So I feel like she started off kind of like the runt of the litter where she was very left out and the other inquisitors didn't really care for her but now she's you know working her way to the top and getting as she said what she deserves which i'm still curious what that is i i don't know what she wants out of all of this revenge payback to <laughs> let we want to know that she was left for dead in the jedi academy and that's the story yeah exactly I feel like next episode, if they do go to Jabin, I, I don't know. I feel like they're going to see Quinlan there, and he's going to 
he's going to help track Leia with his Force abilities. So that's that's my prediction for the next episode. And I believe, if I remember correctly, correctly, he dies in um, Disciples, Dark Disciples, in the book. And timeline-wise, I think it could fit as well. And he doesn't die just yet. So I could see that for sure. And I definitely want to see Obi-Wan kind of gain his momentum back a little bit of a little more of his Jedi courage and his okay you know what like that was that went pretty bad but I think yeah. I know now like, I lived like, yeah. it's like you know. <laughs> it could have been worse so exactly he's gonna be recovering and now he's just gotta go and find Leia again so ultimately an Obi-Wan versus Reba uh, kind of fight I don't know how much more I mean I'm sure we're gonna get a lot more of him and Vader but not too much to the extent of like some grand big battle where he could have died but because we don't see that until new hope but they he shouldn't have come back and they have this like last final battle so yeah i feel like there's i mean it's the halfway point i feel like this is the shifting episode and like you said he's gonna hopefully get his confidence back and his jedi abilities back but also i feel like the grand inquisitor is going to come into play with it as well like i feel like he's not just gonna be in two episodes like there's gotta be conflict with Riva as well you know like she's too main of a character at this point to just be like okay like I got the power now like exactly so I feel like the Grand Inquisitor is gonna make a comeback as well I hope so I'd like to see him again he was really great and I did not want him did not want him to just be in one episode yeah I mean he's a very interesting character in general you watch Rebels so if that is the same Grand Inquisitor, which people are questioning, but yeah, I definitely want to see him come back. And even the fifth brother, he's he's cool as well. I want to see more of him. And O'Shea Jackson, we still have yet to see his. Oh character. my god, yeah. A lot of people are saying that he might be Quinlan, but I don't know. I just it's gonna be nuts to see. I think I think next episode is really gonna tell a lot. I don't think there's if there's six episodes then I don't think there's enough to have just the filler or anything. I feel like it's going to get to the point. We're already halfway through if we're only getting six, but we still don't know where uh, Ewan McGregor had said he he hopes we enjoy episode seven, eight, nine, and ten. Are we getting extra episodes? Are we coming back to do another I don't know. I don't know. They haven't made any announcements. They haven't said anything. I mean, maybe. It's supposed to be a limited series, but they're adding on some episodes. Well, we got to see how episode six ends you know if if it is even possible to have more episodes or whatever so maybe he was just in the moment he was loving celebration and he was just he was <laughs> just hyped yeah, yeah yeah he was just hyped up because he seemed to be enjoying it the entire time so he's just whole, like yeah the whole, whole weekend he was there yeah he's just like oh, you know one through six he's like seven eight nine ten and then like like the people backstage are like no like stop yeah, like what are you doing, doing yeah like Dude, it ends here. That's it. And I'm hoping to see by the by the end of these episodes, the way that you mentioned before, how he's sounding a lot like Alleganus. He he already has taken on the the speech patterns yeah. of the way that we hear uh, Obi Wan speak in New Hope. So I wonder if the cynical side of him, the cautious side of him, is going to leave, and we're going to see more like, you know what? I helped. Leia, and there is more hope in the galaxy. I'm going to go back yeah. and sit in my cave and watch Luke from afar. And when he's ready, something he'll like he'll be ready, or something will happen. And then, ta-da! The <laughs> the yeah. mission presents itself to help 
Taylor kind of once again. That's a good point because when you watch A New Hope and if you watch Revenge of the Sith and then A New Hope without the series and you see him like, oh, well, why would he want to, you know, why is he willing to help out after everything that's happened after Revenge of the Sith, you know, like, why would he? So maybe there that is that transition in this series to explain why he's willing to help Luke and willing to train him and make him be a Jedi. So that's, that's what I'm very curious about. Cause without this series, I was kind of always wondering like, well, at the end of Revenge of the Sith, he's, he's broken. He just watches over Luke, but you know, everything that happened to him, what made him want Luke to follow the path that his dad did, you know what I mean? Cause I wouldn't want him to. So I'm very interested to see how that shifts as well. Well, that's why Owen Owen never did. And that's definitely something I've enjoyed seeing in this series, at least in that first episode of seeing Owen Lars. Um, his, he was always protective of him. I think he plays a very good Owen in New Hope. He's protective of him. He wants him to stay on the farm, even though, you know, it's not a very exciting life. But he wants him to stay there. And he's like, that's just the end of it. And yeah. like, you know, his Aunt Beru just looks at. He's like, he's too much like his father. It's like, like that's what, that's, what, that's what I'm afraid of. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like, well, it's true. So I, I really like the the uh, like more scenes of Owen because he just plays exactly who he was, and you know, he really cares for Luke, and he's scared for him. Yeah, I wonder at this point if we're gonna make it back to Tatooine, if if we're gonna see any Luke, if we're gonna see Owen again, or Aunt Beru, if we see any of them. I don't know um, if they're even gonna play into it. I feel like we might not. At least maybe at the end of the series, seeing Obi-Wan go back to his right. cave. That could be, but I don't know. There's there's three episodes left, and it seems like that's not enough. But if they're like 42 minutes each, that's about like a movie, you know what I mean? So they could, they could pack a lot in in three episodes. I think so. But not so much that it'd be so huge, which again, might, might draw away from how New Hope plays out, so... Yeah, but watching this episode, it felt pretty huge just because seeing Vader in this the side of him in the beginning, you know, you're not used to that. And it's just kind of like key moments that feel huge that doesn't shift the entire story, but watching it in that moment, it feels big. And I remember, you know, seeing everybody's reaction after the third episode, everyone was just like, I got chills and like this episode, oh my God, like crazy and stuff. So. Not in the huge sense where it's gonna, like you said, change a new hope. But. It definitely changes now how I watch the movies because when we, after we got episode three, uh, Revenge of the Sith, now you know fans go and watch New Hope, and the last time he sensed it, he was in the presence of his old master, and we think, wow, that was on Mustafar, their last battle, like yeah, wild. but it's not, and now it's not the last time right. he's in the presence of his old master. Like now it right. gives a different feeling for us watching. I remember before this series was released and it was just announced that um, my friend Billy and I, shout out to Billy, um, we were we were having kind of the same discussion about when Obi-Wan and Vader met, you know, in A New Hope. It's just like, it doesn't make sense because he's referring to Mustafar. And then I literally pulled up the video. I'm like, no, like, it's just, you come back, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it doesn't have to be Mustafar. Like, it's possible that it's a different time in that 10 years, you know what I mean? Like, it's totally, well, I guess more than 10 years at that point, A New Hope uh, from Revenge of the Sith. 
how long is that timeline? Avengers to New Hope. So I'm like, they, they could have had like a different meeting. Like it doesn't have to be Mustafar. And I would always make that argument because I'm like, like, yeah, like obviously because nothing has come out at this point. Like, no, so that's the only option, but it, it's not set where it has to be that. But I guess I, I do think of the story and how these characters interact differently, but kind of in a good way. Like I like to see this bond that Obi-Wan and Leia is having. I like to see that they have crossed paths before. Like that's very like kind of heartwarming to me in a way. And I feel like they do it in a way where it's not changing everything. I'm very Star Wars um, nowadays because in Rebels and in Clone Wars, everybody comes across everybody in one way or another. So exactly, uh, yeah. I think of um, Leia interacting with Ezra in Rebels. I mean, she's come across them as well, and mm. so it's interesting. Even Ahsoka, like in um, Book of Boba Fett, you see Ahsoka with Luke, you know, and she was his dad's uh, Padawan, so just stuff like that in these characters. Well, things I just never thought I'd ever see. <laughs> exactly. Never. I never thought I would see that. I never thought I would see Mando and Grogu and Luke and Ahsoka, like, in the same series, the same episode. That's just it's wild to me but that's why that's why i'm a fan of these series because they are able to do that i feel like you wouldn't really see that if they were to make a movie yeah i'm just thinking of mando so i just think of luke being in book of boba fett mm -hmm. well like boba fett was there to ca capture his good old friend han and take him to java hut and it's like oh mando i'm like training your little buddy grogu here but you you go and right, go right, back right. to tatooine and help out boba fett guy working for the empire kidnapped my friend right yeah well <laughs> like, there, wow. there's that meme of um like luke driving the um, you know yeah, the and then they're like yeah, looking at each other fun. yeah they're just like looking Bulletin. at each other yeah Bulletin, luke you know it's just oh, like God. that but that's just interesting how they like tie into each other like that. yeah it's sure is small huh <laughs> yeah right like that's crazy there's just so many planets and rims and everything it's just but everyone meets everybody. Well, yeah, the Force connects there. people, though. I will argue that till the day I die. The Force will connect you, no matter what it is. I mean, how did how did Luke end up with R two D two and three PO? You know, like if the Jawas didn't get them and everything, and he didn't buy them, like that wouldn't have happened. I mean, maybe eventually Obi Wan would, you know, talk to him about his father and everything but i just feel like the force works like that and brings people together well i think it'll play in to obi-wan coming across some interesting characters in the next couple episodes yeah i'm excited to who who they'll give us and whether it's a easter egg like fan service character or somebody new and i'm always down for a new character but the force is really going to carry him through and maybe give him the light and the guidance and the um like confidence that he needs whether he finally sees Qui-Gon and he gets um, advice from him or he just finds it within himself and he just literally closes his eyes and he's able to see. He's able to see what it is he's supposed to do and what he really needs to get Leia home safely and get himself back home to Tatooine safely. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I am too. And honestly, if I see Liam Neeson on screen <laughs> as the Force goes, I'm going to cry. Yeah. I'm going to absolutely cry. But that might be like... 
sort of fan service, but important to this story because he's reaching out for his master, you know? So it totally makes sense. Well, like you said earlier, Obi-Wan always played by the book and not in a bad way. He just did. He, there mm -hmm. was the rules that Jedi follow. Well, Qui-Gon didn't always follow the Jedi rules. Right. So maybe that's exactly what Obi-Wan needs right now. Exactly. Some like, here are the rules. I know that you think you should do it this way, but Qui-Gon's going to tell you otherwise. The will of the Force is to... You know, do what you're afraid to do. Right. And also, I feel like after everything that's happened, I wonder if Obi-Wan does feel like the same way about the Jedi and the Jedi Order, if that shifted how he felt about it the entire time, you know? So, yeah, like, I agree. I That's what I think with Qui-Gon. Like, maybe he was right to think like that and to act the way that he was when he was training me. I mean, they sure butted heads back when they trained together. Master and Apprentice in the book, they butt heads very... And Obi-Wan just did not understand the way that Qui-Gon did certain things. Yeah. Um, but he was like, okay, Master, like, I'll still listen to you, I'll follow you. I, but what about the Jedi Order? And Qui-Gon just like, don't mind the Jedi Order right now. Yeah, We're right. doing what we feel is right, not playing by the book. So Obi-Wan needs a little bit of that in his life right now. Well, we're going to find out in these past couple episodes how he comes back from this because this was this was a huge episode a big ending and we're gonna see how he recovers from it and yeah i'm excited so until next time the next episode comes out we'll be here to discuss it review it you know not talk about the episode bit by bit but just what we think about it and key points that we found in it you know the bigger ideas i like to look look at that the bigger pictures outside the episode but thank you guys all for listening for joining us today and you will hear from us next week bye